0: Welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marky e. Murray. You're listening to season two. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Mark Key and I am your host. And today I am speaking with Bart Aniston. Bart is the owner of Creative Partner, a branding and web design agency and host of the More Life Podcast. A designer and problem solver at heart, he's passionate about business and brand building through visual storytelling. Bart also happens to live in Canada, uh, just outside of Toronto with his wife and two kids. Welcome to the show Bart. how you doing?
1: I'm doing well I'm doing well. Happy to be here, man. How are you?
0: I am well also I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we were back and forth for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. schedules changing. I think like I didn't show up at one point and so <laughs> I, 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 I'm thankful that you uh, were able to uh, put up with me and uh, still agree to come in and have a conversation
1: right. Well, I'm glad to be here. I love listening to this,
0: so it's an honor to be on the on the show as well. And now here you are on the other side. Perfect. So we'd love to get some more background on, you know, what Creative Partner is. What do you do? What does your agency do? would love just some more info there before we uh, get started. Yeah, we, we started in 2017,
1: um, and we started as a media company, I, I would even say, probably. Mm-hmm. We did everything. And that's kind of the mode you have to be in to like get things off the ground. We did a lot of video production. I own a lot of video equipment still to this day that I don't use nearly as much. Um, we did a lot of graphic design, branding, web design, and consultations. So I had worked mm-hmm. um, in the church slash nonprofit space for almost 10 years as a communications director. And then uh, when we started the company, I was just trying to find my bearings. And we quickly, uh, within a year or so, realized we can't keep doing all the things. And so we, we, we specialize in branding and web design. We do um, front-end web design and development, branding and strategy for clients, and it, and that's kind of how we approach all of our work is through the strategy, mm-hmm. um, you know, lens, and then we go from there. We go whether you need some branding or a web, website. That's usually the first step for a lot of um, emerging medium-sized businesses. Um, and that's kind of who we target, is uh, uh, interior designers, construction workers, medium-sized um, that are looking to level up and actually use their website or their brandings to communicate with their audience in a very um, human approach and not just, like, brand and client. Um, so we try to break yeah. it down for people and, and make it more natural and conversational.
0: Amazing. Uh, your website says, you know, when you, when, you, when you land there, it says, you know, stop being unnoticed, right? Like, I think it's so important, you know, in the branding space to have an identity, to understand what that is, and, you know, how you stand out from, you know, the crowd. Um, So really cool to see that. I'm curious, you said earlier that, you know, you're doing a bit of everything. And you said at one point, you made the switch to kind of like focus in what was happening at that time right? You get started, you want to do everything. You want to offer your services to everyone because you're just getting started. You need to get some experience under your belt in the early days. You know, it's, it's so familiar for, for founders of startups. So what what was happening at that point that made you realize we can't keep doing this? And how did you decide to focus in, in the area that you did? Yeah. I I feel like we,
1: A, I'm, I, I like to tell people I'm a recovering workaholic. Um, I work a lot and I enjoy it. I really do. So, knowing boundaries for that ends up being more complicated when it becomes a passion um, and you're also in the exciting world of entrepreneurship you know you read Crush It by Gary Vee and you think you can conquer the world and you're like well I just mm-hmm. need to work harder faster longer and be more dedicated and I'm going to reach the success <laughs> of everything that everyone's talking about um, and w- you can only do that for so long This happened, Mm -hmm. uh, me starting this company in 2017, that would have put my daughter at three years old, okay? And uh, family kind of sets boundaries for you, or at least it tries to, Mm -hmm. if you don't listen, you might not have a family in the end. Um, But, you know, family puts those boundaries where, well, I also want to be at home for supper with my family. And Mm. I also want to help with, bath time and putting the baby to sleep and all these different things and you start to start to have these conflicting priorities because mm-hmm. it's a very much a priority for me to provide for my family as a man i feel like that's my duty you know at the same time um i feel like in the modern day that we we live today being a father and what that means there's there's more than 50 years ago. What is expected and what and what men provide to the household. So it's it, to me, it was like, okay, I don't want to do it the way it was done 50 years ago. Man goes off to work, man comes home, expects a hot meal, and then he goes to bed. You know, mm-hmm. and then does yeah. it all over again. I want to be involved. I want my child to to know who I am. Um, and so I had to re- reconcile those two different priorities and be like, okay. I do want to be successful, but what's even more, you know, valuable than monetary, um, or public success. It's that home success. Um, you know, Mm. being in a healthy relationship with my family allows me to even feel more satisfied with my work. And so we, we were doing so many things and pushing so hard and I was working, you know, so many hours as you do when, you're a freelancer because you have to do so many different things. And then I I started to have um, that time where I'm like, okay, I got to set more boundaries and limit this. So if I'm going to limit what I offer, I darn well better be an expert in it, the few things that I can mm-hmm. offer. So it's easy to kind of do anything at a lower quality if you're going to do a lot, right? But if I'm going to do less things, but I need to um, increase my revenue. That means I got to make sure that like my my quality of my work is excellent. My customer service is top notch because I'm not, there's fewer clients I deal with now. And it's not just like getting someone who found me on Kijiji. I can't keep doing those type of work because it's going to give me $50. And it's going to cost me a, a big headache. So yeah. those type of things kind of like... Reined me in because I think I might be a millionaire right now. I am that guy who thinks that I could be a millionaire by now, but I don't think I would be happy. I don't think I would have a family. I don't think uh, my kids would recognize me. (laughs) So, uh, I I didn't want that for my life because I know that I have it in me to be successful and to be driven and passionate. Um, And success means a lot of things for many different people. But yeah, that's kind of what made me Focus, Because I was like, okay, you're definitely talented in many things, but that doesn't mean that you should offer up all of your most valuable resource, which is time, to those things. Mm-hmm. Money is a renewable resource, so I can make more money later. I can make more money faster and smarter with more information, but I cannot make more time. Time is finite, right. and there's no way that I can change that. And those uh, formative years for my family, when we were just kind of coming
0: up, uh, I really wanted to be there and to be involved. Mm. You're really tugging at my, my heartstrings there when you, when you <laughs> talked about family. Anyone who knows me knows I am family first in everything. I mean, you know, when I got my agency started, you know, back in when, 2017, 18, probably the same time as you, um, you know, left my job. it was it was so I could stay home and be with my family right and and, as you you know develop, you get busier. you know, like you said, you're a recovering workaholic. I'd like to yes. I mean, I wouldn't like to say, but I I think I fall into that category a little bit. And in the earlier days of getting started, you know, my kids are two, three and, you know, they would want to play. And, you know, on the weekends, I would be catching up on work because it was so fun. It was it was driving every step forward in the business that you're working on, not in. It was like, why wouldn't I want to spend every waking moment doing this until your kids are like, hey, dad, can you not work? Right now, can you put your computer away? Right. And, you know, it is so important, right, that they understand that they are first, that you are there for them, and that, you know, with the work that is important, they're also a huge focus. Um, I'd love to know how you are, you know, protecting your time, you talk about time Mm -hmm. being finite, money is renewable. What are you doing? How are you structuring your day, your weeks, your meetings? What are the expectations around your time as it relates to your staff, your clients? What does that all look like? Yeah, great question.
1: I want to also even piggyback off something you just mentioned. I have a hard time with the mixing of spaces. So, I love that you like you can stay at home. I cannot work at home, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so yeah. I, I I work outside of the home, and I don't think my kids, if they have, it's probably very rare. Or I'm doing like you know our budgeting. I don't think they've ever seen me at my laptop, uh, on a computer, like working. Wow. When I'm home, I don't open the computer. And that, that took, that's probably the hardest thing because when I worked a regular job, nine to five, uh, I would always take home, work home with me and I'd be doing work. But they were babies, you know. By that time, they, they didn't know any different. Um, but now, in the last maybe three years, I don't think they've ever seen me like working from home or on mm-hmm. the computer, like I'm deep in work. Um, not to say that that's the best thing. It's good for them to see the world. They've come and visited me at the office. Um, but I like for me, my personality type, if 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 that's an option, <laughs> that computer's gonna be open, Asana's gonna yeah. be open, email's gonna be open. So that's part of the reason why I got a an iPad. So like when I'm at home and I wanna like just go on Facebook or watch a movie and the TV's being used. Uh, that's where it's like, okay. I got an iPad. I can still do media consumption and simple stuff like that. Check the check the, the you know the phone bill, all that kind of stuff on the iPad. But the laptop, it's such uh, it's mm. so addicting. Um, so how I I've done a lot of you know through the years reading on habits and time and management of time. Um, I, I try to keep it very simple because there's so many different approaches to how people do their own like time management. Um, I try to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time, no matter what day of wow. the week it is. I'm that I'm that guy. I'm 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 35, um, and I can't stay up past like 10, 11 o'clock. Otherwise, I'm just going to feel horrible and like a. Like a little kid, like a toddler, even if I go to bed mm-hmm. at like midnight, i'm still gonna get up at six or six thirty uh you know around that time and and it's just gonna hurt it's not gonna it's not gonna be good, so I might as well go to bed at the ten thirty and get up at the six thirty and that's what I kind of do to make sure that you know I feel rested I'm mm-hmm. around the six to seven hours, anything past seven hours my body literally won't let me stay in the bed. I have to get up and get out. Um, It starts to hurt being, laying down that much. I don't know what it is. I'm good with naps afterwards, but I don't necessarily uh, like to be in bed that much. I go to bed at a certain time, wake up, and we use, you know, or at least myself, and now I start to talk about it with my staff in terms of culture, is is (laughs) time-blocking.
0: How do we block
1: out times for specific tasks so that we're not always doing the busy work? Um, you know, if for those of you who understand uh, um, the getting things done method, uh, you know, if it takes less than two minutes, do it right away. But then it, anything more than that, you start to convene a little bit of a loop as to where does this fit and where should I do it? So for me, first things, uh, 730 every day, I do emails. Um, I get them all out of the way, and then I, I don't check it again until 3 o'clock. So unless somebody messages me um, and I'm anticipating an email, I'll check it, but I'm very good at, like, closing that tab, and then I'll know when it's time for me to check emails, and then I'll spend another 30 to 40 minutes doing everything inside the email. And also even how I structure my email. You can in In Gmail, you can have multiple email boxes um, set up. So I have three, one that's called uh, Follow Up, one that's called Waiting, one that's called Read Later. So I go through everything Mm -hmm. in the main inbox and I assign them a, a, a label for each one of these things, so that the inbox is always at zero, and then these three labels are the only things that I care about. Am I gonna take an action, like a follow-up action? Is this something I'm waiting on somebody else? Uh, Or is this something that I need to read later when I have leisure? Like those newsletters that you get, but you still wanna read them. It's not junk, it's not trash. Um, We talk about that with my team a little bit, just to make sure that they're focused um, as well for all of our work messaging, we use Slack. And Slack mm. is great because it, I tell all my uh, um, uh, uh, vendors and contractors who work with Creative Partner, put it on your computer, don't put it on your phone. And that way, when you're working, the messages will show up. But then when you turn your computer mm. off and you're out having a drink with your buddies at Saturday night, and there's no messages that go through and in that way you can have that boundary of like I'm working when I'm working and I'm not working when I'm not working because oftentimes that can creep where all of a sudden you're working when you're not working. So why would these things, because Slack, you know, there's apps and there are like, um, uh, what's that called? Integration, so you get a notification Of just that somebody did something and all of a sudden now you're in slack and you're looking at what else has been done and here's this conversation and someone posted a funny gif and you know all these things that are happening at the same time so I don't put it on my phone I keep that stuff separate I block out my time like today is a Thursday we're recording this that's when I do all my meetings I schedule Mm -hmm. all my meetings on a Thursday Um, on Wednesdays there are zero meetings On Tuesdays, I do my check-ins with the team, and we do um, all of our business marketing for the agency. And then Friday, I do any type of catch-up work, accounting work. So we just have set days that things happen so that I don't ever have to wonder when am I going to have time to do the tasks that I have um, laid out. So like I mentioned, we have Asana. Asana has a bunch of things for me to do. Um, usually I'll schedule things that need to get, that need, that need deep work on a Wednesday in Asana. And then when I go to Asana, when, when the day comes and I'm looking, okay, I got a big chunk of time, maybe two hours, I just go to Asana into those tasks and I can see, ah, this is the thing that I was looking to do on this day because Mm. of the time allotment that I would have it'd be very hard for me to do any of these things if they were scheduled on a Thursday Um, so that's kind of how we like put the boundaries of when to work um, what the expectation is for the people that work with me uh, and as well like how to manage emails because emails are such a big part of our culture Um, so we don't talk (laughs) on WhatsApp or iMessage or anything like that for work. We keep that for personal stuff. Keep that for your friends and for your family. And then just keep the slack uh, for work when you're
0: working, when you're actually supposed to be working. Wow. You're obviously very, very disciplined. I'm curious. Has it always been that way? Is that, like, I'm thinking back to young Bart, you know, growing up, you know, you, you've created this <laughs> incredible system for your company, but obviously, you know, that came from somewhere. Were there any influences or any turning points in your life? Or are these, you know, learned and discovered findings based on your, your experience in business so far? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, okay. I've always
1: loved systems, you know. Um, I was the guy who... In school the first day would like put a ledger on the first page of like where everything would be and then like wow. take whatever you know the course material would be and just like well I said it was gonna go in page 65 in this empty notebook so I'm just gonna flip to that page so that it would match the ledger that I would lay out um, I think part of it is also I want, like, I had a, as I like to say, a misspent youth. I got into a lot of trouble. True. As much as, you, as much as people want to think that I'm very disciplined and uh, uh, cal- calm and, and mild mannered, um, and I think I had to be very disciplined so that I can do the crazy stuff that we would do. So that my, I, I'm parents. Of, my parents were immigrants, so grades and education is everything. I brought you here to have a better life. So we would skip class. Um, we would go drinking down um, <laughs> in Brampton. I can't name places, I don't wanna name too many places. <laughs> but at sure. the same time, if my grades slipped, no bueno. So I had to be very organized, mm-hmm. even from when I was in high school, to know make sure I had all of my work done and completed. That when the teacher says, you weren't here, I'd be like, but I have all the notes. And I prepared for the test, irregardless just don't call my mom, right? Like, like right. so the teachers are very <laughs> forgiving if you are uh, very studious. Uh, if you miss class, don't, don't take that, you know, as a note, kids. <laughs> um, but at the same time, as I became more aware of um, working in a company, um, I realized the most successful people were people who were organized, Um, Mm -hmm. So I worked for Walmart, I worked for Staples, both in their creative departments um, when I was younger. Um, and I just saw how it was very systematized how everything would operate, how they would have agendas for the meetings, the difference between a stand-up meeting and a sit-down meeting, the difference between a check-in and a report meeting, what would happen mm-hmm. in these meetings and how the secretaries or note-takers would take notes and how they'd be distributed and how action registers. This is before we had project management tools and stuff like that. This is like, it's like an Excel sure. spreadsheet <laughs> with yep. that everyone would just check and you would find where where yours was, and then if it was highlighted yellow, that means it was pertinent, and if it was green, that means it was completed, and if it was red, it was late. Like It was just very, very basic, a register of every action that needs to be required or that we spoke about that someone might ask you about later. Um, I took that into working in churches, and the last church that I worked, the last place I worked before I started my business, they were very keen on personal development. We would read books together as a creative team. Um, and it ended up being really, really beneficial. Um, Essentialism um, by Greg McKeown, um Start With Why, uh, Simon Sinek, um, books like that, make, putting structures to thoughts. And that's where my mind kind of got open to, whoa, Okay, it's not just for time management, but organizing my thoughts so that I can be, um, quote unquote, uh, uh, creative on demand, because my job is a a creative role. How can I be creative on a Monday to Friday, nine to five? Well, you have to Mm. set systems in place for that to happen. Um, You know, one of the greatest things I ever learned while reading about some of these things, um, Todd Henry, I'll give credit to him, is going for a walk on your lunch break. You have to clear your mind and not be thinking about the problem to find the solution sometimes. And when you're on Mm -hmm. a time crunch continually, especially if you've worked in any um, nonprofit or church space, time is like everything Uh, because we're always a dollar short and a day late (laughs) on when we get the information we have to do it. Um, You need to be inspired continually. Well, are you Systematizing how you continually stay inspired. What things are you looking at? You know, back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, ten years ago, communications art magazine. Whereas now we have things like Dribble and Behance, where you can look at things and be inspired and creative. And now we have the beautiful world of the cell phone, <laughs> where you can save things. Um, you know, save them on Instagram if you see something that you like. Say it, bookmark something on your browser. And then I can go through them and catalog thoughts and ideas. And that's how you can kind of think about, you know, um, organizing your thoughts. And that's, that's where I kind of progressed from like, it was a need to do for school, a have to do for work. And now it's like a way of life so that I can actually get my mind clear. The last thing I'll say about this, because I know I like to ramble a lot, is I'm somebody who has lots of thoughts and ideas, (laughs) so... Um, If I don't categorize or capture the thoughts, they just evaporate, right? So as an entrepreneur, sometimes you have many things happening, and I don't think any human was meant to carry all that water. Like, there's no way you can carry all the things you're supposed to remember, so you have to have a way to digest it. Um, and the only way that i 've ever found on how to digest those things is everything that happens in my brain gets written down on this book and then eventually makes its way into a sauna if it 's something that has to get mm. done and so that 's kind of how the discipline and the
0: structure has kind of progressed through my life. What a great answer yeah you 're definitely not rambling that was all that was all <laughs> gold and so i want I want to move that forward into your business now let's think back to 2017 agencies getting started you're leaving your other your other job what has mm-hmm. the transformation of your systems and processes looked like yeah. as your team has grown as your role as a business owner has changed or been realized I'm curious how you know y- your actual process improvement what you're delivering to your clients and how that's mm-hmm. all changed you know based on your history and your findings and all, and all the experience that you're bringing into this this position. Yeah, about a year into
1: me doing this on my own, um, I, I saw a message on Twitter from somebody that I followed and admired, um, Dave Shrine from the Blocks Agency in Arizona. And, I, and he was looking for people that wanted to be mentored. And I'm like, uh, hello, I'm floundering here. I'm making just mm. enough money to pay my bills and I don't feel like I'm making any progress. So he was like, "For sure, let's, let's, meet, let's do it. I have a round table where there's multiple of us on this call, and we all share a problem that we're having, and we get collective feedback and I'll, I'll obviously share my expertise. This person was probably you know a few years ahead of me in the process and much more successful than I am. Um, hmm. And one of the best lessons I've learned from him was the greatest the greatest uh, uh, obstacle you're going to have to overcome as somebody who is um, a creative entrepreneur, a solopreneur, is going to be how do I make a system so that I don't have to be the sole decision maker because more often than not, if you're an entrepreneur that's looking to grow, you are the bottleneck. You know what I mean? Like there's no other way to put it. So at the beginning, it's very easy to identify because you're the only person in the system. So obviously I am the bottleneck. Um, but as you start to add one other person, you know, it's like, you need to, your sole job is to serve that one person. You now work for them, actually, even though you're the one paying them and they work for you, but you actually work for wow. them. And you have to set them up. You have to set them up so that they can do the role specifically, um, do the role well, and repeat it. Because the only thing that you're going to be able to scale is not your name it's not even like your, your logo, your brand. The only thing that is scalable in your business is a repeatable product or service. So mm-hmm. is the quality the same? Is it good? And can you deliver it every time when you say you're going to deliver it? Those things, that's the only thing that matters because, you know, the, the client or the person that you're talking to is, is not concerned about how many awards you've won. If it's two, four, mm-hmm. six, eight, or zero, um, but they are—they are very concerned about their project, their timeline, and what they get out of this deal and this transaction. Um, so that put my brain into a different world in terms of okay, I got to make sure a, I have a product like what is the the, you know, signature offering of my business to use marketing terms. Um yeah. And and I had to like take a second and say well what do I want to be known for what are the things that I really care about, and th- the two things were branding and web design. So we dropped the graphic design and we dropped the uh, for the most part graphic design like we we don't advertise that at all, graphic design and video. Okay. Um, even the strategy calls or sorry the the consult- consultation calls dropped. Um, We do strategy as the big umbrella, and the two solutions for the strategy is branding and web design. Anything after that, we normally bring somebody else in to get the job done. And once we started thinking about that, you know, I hired one person to work for me um, part-time on a contract, maybe like 10, 15 hours a week. Um, And basically, they were right out of university, and I was getting them to do design work, and I, I got... To the place where i was like i need to figure out a way to make this all work together so i was like okay let me get the uh google docs and i think it was maybe like a a google slide deck that had like Mm. screenshots and and like how to do a few things and this is like very early stages with with tools that we don't even use anymore um you, you know and and that's what i would give to the first person that worked with me. And they used that for a while. Um, And then for about a year before that person moved on, um, it was going, okay, you know, my sole focus was, okay, I gotta take care of not just my family, I gotta take care of Faria. How, and, and, and the issue is never Faria's fault. The issue is always, how do I get out of the way of my own success? Uh, huh. You want more business, then assign her the right thing so that you can focus on, um, you know, procurement. You want to have more recognition or, or reach, then make sure that you guys are working, that you're supporting her to create the right social media graphics. It's never, well, Faria didn't do, and Faria didn't do, and she didn't do, and she didn't do. It's always, well, what did you do to eliminate um, the bottleneck? within yourself and once you understand that that's where you can kind of progress and kind of refine the 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 core offering and we had done that multiple times and we had to shed a lot of layers of how we would do things um and i wouldn't i wouldn't even say we we really felt confident in it even though we've done so much transformation in year two and year three um Mm. until what may of this year uh, we started having conversations, Marquis, and it was like, okay, uh, this is feeling a lot better. We are mm-hmm. writing it down in a way that's clear. We're making it very simple, and then now that then we started the process of hiring one, two, three, and four different people to work on the team. And I, I try my very best to again do the exact same thing as before get out of the way if you trust them then hire them and if you hire them then let them do their work um, I, I've, I've been the employee where there is somebody who is quote unquote my job uh, my, my employer and they won't let me do my job they're micromanaging so the first thing you know I had to learn in hiring was do you trust this person do you trust them that they can accomplish what they say they can accomplish and if you hire them then let them do their job and get out, get out the dang way yo cause sometimes you know you you're there thinking you're helping you know have you I, I, yeah. i'm going to ask you have you ever seen this before somebody's moving something that they can clearly manage themselves and you go and try yeah. to help them and you're like what are you what are you this is redundant go get yeah. the next thing that's in the in the car what yeah. are you doing with yeah what are you doing yeah. with this so it's like yeah. stop trying to hold the grocery bag that they already have and go get a new mm. grocery bag <laughs> get out of the way
0: Hey everyone, it's me, Marquis. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a bit more about Ditto. If you've been listening to In Systems We Trust for a while, you've heard firsthand accounts of how systems and workflows change the landscape of work for businesses and leaders across the globe. Ever felt like there just aren't enough hours in the day? Is your startup starting to grow and scale and you're wondering how your systems will scale with it? Maybe you're part of a widespread, multi-level corporation that needs to update and overhaul its standard operating procedures. Well, if you can relate, Ditto can help eliminate team burnout, keep your best talent, and have a clear system in place to help you and your business achieve your goals. Visit thinkditto.com to learn more. Wow. I'm just, I'm trying to write down all these quotes. I'm getting so much here, but you know, Like a couple things I took out of that, you know, and, you know, your team's obviously super fortunate to have you as a leader, like you work for them, you know, if, if you trust them, hire them, if you hire them, let them do their work. I love, I love that, you know, just approach to, you know, team and, um, I'm I'm curious, I mean, this is kind of like an offshoot, but like, what, what would your team say is the culture, like you're creating, it seems like a really positive Mm -hmm. culture, you understand systems and the need for them. You're giving your people, it sounds like, the autonomy to do their work, you know, and, you know, just be accountable to those deliverables, right? So yeah. as, as your team has obviously grown, like, what does the culture look like?
1: Yeah, we're very new with having a team. Um, basically, we hired a, a designer in maybe February, March, and then... Um, Of this year of 2021 (laughs) and then Mm. and then we acquired or hired uh, a a developer and then a project manager and then a marketing um, admin and so those four roles are all new to us and I think the oldest person is like seven months and the Youngest okay. person is two and a half months in the company, so culture is very complicated. That's the one thing that I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to find some books on building culture, especially since um, we're all remote. We, these people have been yeah. hired remotely. Um, I've only met one, and it was just last Friday, so uh, for the first time, uh, yeah, it's really cool for us to kind of, you know come together and do some type of work together, that's great. That's I love that. But I feel like um, there's something, you know, that's, I forget where I read this, but it's, I'm not this smart guy. I, re, I just read things and regurgitate it. Um, somewhere, okay. I can't give credit to who it is, but they said the dignity of work, one... One self works, you know, a man works, a woman works, so that they can provide a life and they feel good about themselves. That's the dignity of work. I, I aspire mm. to provide that for people. So it's not just I do this thing, Is okay, I feel good that I'm doing this thing. And I enjoy going to work. It affords me the life that I want to live, and so yeah. I feel good. And that's that whole dignity of work. I think is what the tech industry has kind of tapped into in terms of making places livable, be like you know just inhabitable. Like you think of Google and Facebook and all the different types of things that they have for their um, employees. It's so that there is dignity. I don't have to stress about child care. Child care is provided for me. They have meal plans and meal kits and places for me to relax, uh, meditation rooms and all these different things. There is dignity in going to do your job because it provides you the life that you actually want to have. Nobody wants to work for the sake of work. If there wasn't a paycheck involved, I don't think at all um that people like me that much that they would uh do this work <laughs> it's because there's a right. the paycheck so i want to honor that with one um taking care of them you know you pay them a fair wage um num- number two would would definitely be considerate about their external life um i can't make it the main focus this is a for profit business but i do care what's going on in your life. Like right now, our developer is in New Jersey. Um, he's had a death in the family. And I've just been like, whatever you need, you need mm-hmm. um, for us to build something uh, um, f- for for a little bit so you can spend time, hire somebody else um, to take over some of this workload. Let me know whatever it is that you need. We talked about this in our check-in. Um, and we just have these moments where we can kind of talk of, state of mind also uh, also including work that needs to get done right and mm-hmm. I like to start in that in that order you know how are you doing what are what's going on in your life how can I help you because um, I don't have the resources like Google does to buy you a meditation room and to pay for your childcare and all these different things but I can right. just do the exact same thing in principle and show you human decency, treat you well as a person. And in turn, the effect is the same. You have the dignity of work, and so you perform better. Right, That's the Mm -hmm. ultimate reason why these tech companies have these very lavish offices is because the the performance is there. So we do the same thing on a $0 budget, (laughs) which is care for the people, show them that you're actually um, invested in their life, and they will actually invest into the company. Now, we couple that with the boundaries we spoke about before. I don't want you to work when you're not working. But when you are working, yeah. I do care about you and I do want to make sure that you're okay. Our culture is very casual. I'm a very casual person. It's, very, it's not often that you're going to see me wearing a suit or a shirt and tie or even like a collared shirt. I'm usually a T-shirts and jeans guy, you know, um, myself. But that's kind of the vibe. You're allowed to do that. Right, I got my 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 clear glasses and my Apple Watch, yeah. so I'm set. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we have this we have this we have this um, this rapport with each other. We like to use funny gifs and memes inside of Slack. We like to crack jokes. You know, at one point, only two of us were still um, in Toronto or Toronto area everybody else like our designer was in bc on a vacation at the same time our developer yeah. was in orlando and our marketing assistant was in columbia and me and the project manager who were here in toronto like yo everyone just living their best life out here tanning like we were just cracking up having a good time right. making fun of everybody when they came back you're like ah welcome welcome come to the humidity that we've been having mm. here in the city of toronto and um yeah you know i think a few weeks ago i put in Uh, which I stole from a previous podcast guest, (laughs) Um, the Starbucks card in the Slack, and I just put the Mm. caption as, uh, auto upload is activated on this card until the end of day. So do what you will with that information uh, and just Uh. post your pictures here um, for us to see what you're drinking. But yeah, we just try to have a good time, care for people, be genuine. Some of the principles of the company is kind of how we um, pour that into the staff as well.
0: Mm, that's amazing um have you read the book joy inc why do i feel like i I, have joy inc by
1: meredith what's the name of the author
0: richard sheridan is the name of the author okay it it talks all about culture um it you know kind of helps leaders you know just to kind of figure out you know what is culture what do you want it to look like because whether you are thinking about it or not Every business has a culture. Is it a positive mm-hmm. one or is it one that people, you know, are uh, the dreading, you know, coming to work? Yeah. <laughs> Joy Inc. Really good read. I've read it a couple of times now. Still lots in there. I need to work on myself. Um, we're getting close to time. I got a couple more questions for you here, but I really yeah. want to know this. I don't ask this question, but you... you um, kind of went there a little bit and it ties into what ditto really does right we help you know business owners realize their potential and live the life of freedom that they started their businesses to achieve and so uh, my question is and you said it but what is the life that you want to live hmm
1: the enterprise life if it, if that makes sense it sounds mm. again lavish i think if you don't dream big no one's going to dream big for you so i want to i want to be involved in multiple different spaces i consider myself to be a creative thought leader so the agency is one tool in a in a bigger tool kit um yeah. I want to be able to use my artistry or my creative you know, process or my creative mind for many things. But right now, I have to build this thing. So knowing when to move to the next or when to add something is very key. Right now, um, I'm in the cycle. I'm halfway through the cycle point of, I don't know if anyone has coined this yet, but this is something that I've been working on in my own thought. You start off as the artist. Um, And eventually, if you want it to be a business and not just a freelance thing, it grows into management, where I'm now manager of people, and I don't do Mm. as much art. So the cool graphic design and branding and web stuff that I used to say, look what I did, I now have to say, look what my team did. And then if I do a good enough job at this point, which is where I'm at right now, I get to come back. to the artistry Um, because then I can come back, you know, I can hire a a manager to run the company. There's a project manager or account managers to understand how to do um, the management of the people and the clients. I can hire a salesperson and then my time is freed up to then be like the art director who can parachute in offer the direction, help people do this, and then parachute out and let them just handle it. Um, but I have to do a really good job at this middle point, which is the management. You go to artistry, yeah. to management, back to artistry. Um, and that's kind of my, my goal for CP. Um, I also have the podcast, um, which, again, is kind of talking a little bit about the, uh, what we talked about at the beginning, You know, everybody wants this life. But the podcast is called the Boar Life Podcast. Shameless plug, Um, but
0: it talks about
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, people want people want to um, to have this this quote unquote life nomadic or creative or whatever. Mm And at the same time, um, they want a healthy relationship. They want to have, you know, families or they want to travel. They want to find themselves. They want to do personal and self-discovery. So, how do you have all of the things? And that's kind of how this show started. That's a passion of mine. um, Helping Mm -hmm. people balance their time and their passion. Um, And there's more things things to come, you know, in terms of, of what I want to do. But, I feel like you, ha- you do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And right now I have to do the agency and do oh it well so that I can yeah. do everything else that I want to do later down the line.
0: Hopefully that makes sense it absolutely does and that's be i'm just going to write that down do what you want to do um (laughs) you put it a little bit differently but michael gerber beat you to it the author of um the e-myth and the e-myth revisited e-myth mastery Mm -hmm. um you talked Mm -hmm. about the artist and the manager he talks about the the technician right the Mm. the guy that's you know um doing the work you know and maybe it's uh you know a, a mechanic let's just use it right he's fixing the cars then there's the manager or the supervisor overseeing his work that doesn't maybe know how to do all the things a technician can do right and then right. there's the entrepreneur the owner of the garage right and then right. it just it there's a certain time and a certain point where you know those different roles maybe the technician thinks he, you know, can do it better than the manager or do it better than the owner, right? But doesn't realize all the other behind the scene things that you need to understand and you know manage to, you know, be a success. So I own uh, that
1: book twice and I have yet to read it. I bought it on audiobook and I forgot that I bought it on audio and I bought it on my Kindle. This is the type of life I'm living right now. I gotta I gotta read these books.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I read it at least once a year. And if you yeah like, stop everything. Joy Inc. is great, but read the E-Myth first. It honestly changed my life. Like, the man is, and it's, they're just, it, it's common sense, but you just don't think about it. It changed my perspective on business. Wow. Um, as we're getting close to the end here, I just want to know, um, we're talking about systems. We already talked about some mm-hmm. of the tools you're using. What are two tools that you can't live or run your business without? One is Asana. That's facts. Um, I remember
1: when Asana was first launched or was new. It was 2014 or end of 2013. Um, I had just started working at the last company that I worked at. And every Tuesday, somebody needed to share something cool that they found online. Um, Mm. And it was my first week or maybe my second week working and that's what I just, I saw somewhere, like a Facebook ad or something of Asana, this brand new project management tool. And they had like a little explainer video. And I was just yeah. like, <laughs> like my mouth was just completely ajar. Like, wait, because yeah. I've used Basecamp before, but this looked like Internet 2.0. If, if, if you're in the web space, you know what I mean? Where it didn't look bad. Yeah. It looked like, wow, rounded corners and gradients. How, how could this even be? Um and did it look like Windows, right? Like it looked like it was made for a Mac by people who use Macs um, yeah. and and I fell in love. That's probably the number one thing that I would probably want to use uh, or okay. say is my tool that I cannot live without. The number two thing is a new acquisition. I would oh. normally say in this point, Adobe Creative Cloud, but sorry, Adobe, you didn't sponsor me when you had the chance i'm gonna I'm gonna go with Figma. Figma um, wow, okay. just rock, has rocked my world as a branding and uh, web design agency. Um, in terms of creating art that I can turn into a website or turn into whatever, social media posts, graphics, slide decks, Figma has rocked my world. Um, and I, don't, I started using it for like a week after somebody on my podcast mentioned it and i'm i'm kind of like you know the reverse old head now where when i came into school adobe was the new cool thing and all the teachers were still trying to teach us corel and quark express mm. and all these different things and now i'm kind of for many years for like 2 3 years i was thought that uh, you know F- uh, figma was kind of like too new I'm like adobe is the real deal and then i used it for a day a day and a half um, and I immediately messaged my designer and my developer. I said, "Do never, never t- talk to me about Adobe XD ever again." I signed right. you up for Figma. We built the team. Transfer all the files. <laughs>
0: I want to hear more about that because, yeah, we're going to have a conversation about branding. I think we need a part two to this. We don't have enough time. I'm having, I'm having such a good time just chatting. Um, yeah, man. Where can people find you online? Obviously, you already plugged the More Life podcast. Go and listen yep. to it. Where else, where else do you hang out online where people can connect with you? Yeah, if you're if you're, if you're on IG, um, you know, com.
1: Uh, or Bart Aniston on on IG rather. But if you go to bartaniston.com, you'll find everything there. Um, You know, the business, the podcast, uh, all the YouTubes, just Bart Aniston. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today. Thanks for being on the show. I've appreciated this. I'm definitely going to have you back at some point in the future.
1: Let's do it, man. I love it. Amazing. All right. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marquis Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get you there.